On today's Locked On Texan podcast, let's prep for PIP. Numbers never lie. Cody, let's start the show off right. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to a Tuesday edition of the Locked On Texan Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Make sure you are following the Locked On Texans Podcast on YouTube, subscribing, liking, comment, and follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans as well. I'm John Hickman, joined by Cody Davis, here to discuss the preparation of Pep Hamilton in year one mm-hmm. of him being the uh, offensive coordinator for the Houston Texans. Of course, he was a part of the passing coordinator game last season and quarterbacks coach got the promotion this offseason as the Houston Texans departed ways from Tim Kelly. Thank God, by the way. And <laughs> Cody and I had a discussion, of course, off camera, and off podcast, off recording. It's kind of funny. We still do the podcast and record visually, <laughs> but kind of what we should expect from Pep Hamilton in terms of the offense and the pace of the game for Houston. And so I wanted to do some research and dig a little bit into what should we expect based on what we've seen from Pep Hamilton in the past. We'll talk about this for a couple of segments for today's show, but before I dive into Pep Hamilton, we still have to relive the past a little bit. My grandma always said, if you don't know your past, you may not know where you're going. Hmm. When I look at Houston last season, the average plays per game for Houston They ranked 30th in the league with just under 60 offensive plays per game. Jacksonville ranked 29th. Atlanta ranked 31st. Seattle uh, ranked 32nd. And the San Francisco 49ers ranked 28th. So I wanted to give you guys the bottom five. And this is how it translated in scoring. With Houston ranking 30th in average plays per game, they ranked 30th in scoring. Jacksonville ranked 29th in average plays per game. They ranked 32nd in scoring, and so as follows. Atlanta, 31st. They ranked 26th in in scoring. Now, the Seattle Seahawks ranked 32nd, but they ranked 16th in scoring. Also, San Fran ranked 28th in plays per game. They ranked 15th in scoring. Both of those two teams in San Francisco and 49ers San Francisco and the Seattle Seahawks, excuse me, both ranked top 10 in yards per play, while Houston ranked 30th with 4.7. And so that's an, an issue in itself. But what I'm getting at is when you look at the league, more plays traditionally leads to or more opportunities to score some points and put points on the board. How many times last season were the Houston Texans shut out? A couple of times and they struggled throughout the entire 17 game season to consistently be able to put points on the boards there was an issue with limitations of being on the field mainly because a lot of three and outs houston was one of the most three and out teams last season mainly because when they were on the field their offense just completely stunk so what are we should what are we expecting or what should we expect from pep hamilton this upcoming season well i go back to the first two years in indy Plays per game in 2013, his first year, they were ranked 17th, average 64 plays per game. In 2014, the following year, they ranked third in the NFL, 
with a couple of bumps in plays per game. They ranked 68 plays. I'm sorry, they averaged 68 plays per game that year. This is how it translated. 2013, they were ranked 10th in the league in scoring. The following year, in 2014, they were ranked 6th in the league in scoring. And so what does this all mean? And I also want to say those first two years, there was a slight increase in yards per play as well, something that Houston needs. The first year was 5.5. The following year, his second year in Indy, it was 5.8. Not a huge increase, but it was a slight bump for Houston last season. Again, I remind you, it was 4.7. So what does that actually mean, Cody? And I know you want to talk about the pace of the game for Houston and how they could benefit from moving this offense and being a lot more quicker and being faster. For me, when I look at how this offense is kind of set up right now, if we're going to be successful, and and I will even go back to the third year with Pep Hamilton when they fired him uh, midway through the 2015 season with mm-hmm. an Indy. It was sitting at three and five. And that year, if you do not remember, Andrew Luck struggled heavily that year uh, up until that point where he was fired. And the deep ball just wasn't working. A lot of those five-step drops for Andrew Luck was not working. And so I look at that. And say, well, Andrew Luck was an all-time generational talent, and he struggled with that. So for Houston this upcoming season, I don't necessarily expect a lot of five-step drop plays. However, I could see a lot of more three-step drop plays for Davis Mills, a lot of screen passes, maybe a lot of those quick plays to speed up the game for this offense allow them to get into some rhythm. And then, of course, we should expect some play action, some deep bombs down the field. That should come as time uh, works in favor for Houston. But overall, when I look at Pep Hamilton in this offense from year one to year two for Indy and how that could translate over to the Houston Texans, I can see the pace of the game kind of moving faster a little bit for Davis Mills and this offense in favor of putting more points on the board. When I take a look at the Houston Texans, not just in 2022, but in terms of over the next two seasons, I think the biggest key for this organization, especially in terms of the young guys that we are hoping develop from either the rookies to the second year players to the third year players, is I believe this is going to be an opportunity for the Texans to pair their players with the correct coordinator or the correct position coach and that is very important because john when you take a look at the offensive coordinator here in houston and pep hamilton you just finished talking about what he was able to do in indianapolis you just finished talking about where the coach ranked in two out of his three years being the offensive coordinator there i'm going to give the scoring averages in 2013 this is an organization that averaged 24 and a half points per game in 2014 their best season where they went 11 and 5 if i'm not mistaken they averaged 28 and a half points per game that is very important because when you take a look at the houston texans a team that averaged what 14 to 16 points per game last year one of their biggest issues was the fact that they did not control the temple when you go back and you take a look at davis mills 
a lot of times when we talked about the best version of Davis Mills here on this podcast doing our recap shows was when they allowed Davis Mills to go out there and move that ball and have a faster place of tempo to be played. You go back and take a look at the first half in the game against the Carolina Panthers. Matter of fact, it was the final two minutes when they scored their only touchdown of the game. That was an opportunity for Davis Mills to go out there and run a hurry-up offense. You take a look at the game against the New England Patriots. You take a look at the game against the Jacksonville Jaguars. The game against what? The first half of the Seattle Seahawks game where he went, he started out, what, 13 or 14? He was able to be at his best when Tim Kelly allowed him to go out there and actually play a fast-paced offense. And look, for some reason or another, Tim Kelly did not stick to that, but Pep Hamilton will. And all you have to do, John, as you just mentioned, is go back and take a look at the time when he was the offensive coordinator for the Indianapolis Colts. And I think the Houston Texans, especially Davis Mills, are going to benefit from that because he is an offensive coordinator who is actually going to control the pace in the Texans' favor, not the other way around like we saw in 2021. And the great part about it is it's not just only going to affect Davis Mills. Listen, if Davis Mills gets a rhythm going with his wide receivers early in the game, then that helps the wide receivers throughout the entire game. Hmm. Same goes for the tight end. Same goes for whatever your game planning for the running backs to be, right? I mean, if you're running a hurry up, like more often than not, then maybe your running backs can win uh, more so hitting those holes because maybe the defensive, the lineup that they're going against with the defense is just tired, right? And so – a faster pace uh, helps out a couple of things. If we're looking at the numbers, and the numbers rarely lie, more plays a lot of times equals more <laughs> points. right? And again, I wanted to emphasize that the only reason why I mentioned Seattle and San Francisco is because they were top 10 in yards per play, which was huge. So you look at a DK Metcalf and what he was able to do last season, or – Debo Samuel, those two guys were able to always maximize in the offense by being able to create big plays. So they didn't necessarily need a lot of plays for those points. But for for Atlanta, for Jacksonville, for Houston, they were bottom of the league in plays per game. They were also bottom in the league in score. Pep Hamilton has an opportunity to help this young offense go out there, have more opportunities to be on the field, score points, and then – Scoring points, maybe you can win an extra couple of games. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when choosing to shop with Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business serving do it yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are always reliably low for every customer. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, Locked On Texans in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. 
Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen, to this latest installment of Locked On Texans. And in the first segment, John and I talked about how Pep Hamilton is actually going to help the Houston Texans play with more pace in 2022 and beyond. And this is an organization in 2021, they did not play with that pace. And part of the reason why was due to the terrible backfield that the Houston Texans had. Now, over the last two years, this is a team that did not average 100 rushing yards. They did not average over 100 rushing yards. And this is an organization. When you combine everybody's total who rushed the ball over the last two seasons, Deshaun Watson, who is A, a quarterback, and B, did not play their entire 2021 season, is still the leading rusher for this organization. John, when you take a look at how Pep Hamilton is going to revamp this offense. And you're talking about an organization that did revamp their backfield with the addition of Damian Pierce through the draft and Marlon Mack during free agency. They're as well. Exactly. Do you or do you not believe that the Houston Texans are still going to depend so heavily on the backfield like we saw in 2021? Because me personally, even though I would not like to see the Houston Texans go down that same rabbit hole again, I would be a little bit more okay with it because I'm expecting this run game to be a hell of a lot different and a hell of a lot better than what we saw in 2021. First off, let me say I definitely believe that the excuse me, the 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 running back depth chart right now has a significant amount of more talent than they did the last two years since we've seen Carlos Hyde in the Texan jersey. I think that's very fair to say. Damien Pierce, a running back who I believe out of Florida because he doesn't have a lot of wear and tear on those legs, I think he can be huge for Houston, especially since they upgraded their interior offensive line. And I'll also look at Marlon Mack, a player who a lot of people haven't given the credit or acknowledged him as a valuable day one starter that he can possibly be for Houston. Uh, he's another player that was, you know, I think he was healthy last season, just fell out of the mix in Indy. Remember, he did request a trade. That relationship was was done and over with, and so he didn't get out of playing time last year. And he does stand for a season to prove he's still able to play football. With that being said, I think the run game will be better. I don't believe that Houston will be a run-heavy team. And again, this is going based off numbers, and numbers rarely lie. 2013, Pep Hamilton's first year with the Indianapolis Colts, they only ran the ball 38% of the time. 2014, the following year, that took a small dip to 37. Even at Stanford as the OC between the year 2011-2012, uh, they were 15th in the nation in plays per game. That was a bump up from the previous year. They were 6th in scoring that year. They were, That was a bump up from the previous year. However, their rushing percentage was down from the previous year when he was not the OC of that uh, of that program. So a lot of people have been talking about the power run game and we should expect Houston to be a very great run team. And that being a great run team has also equated to some people being a run-dominant team. I don't necessarily think so. right? I can see Houston hovering between – 31 a year is all said and done, 
39 of 42, you know, percent of the, of their offensive plays being run plays and the rest being passing plays. But what I do think, if we can recall back to George Warhawk, he said, we may not get an opportunity to run the ball 30 to 40 times a game. And I'm paraphrasing, but you may not get an opportunity to get the run to get an opportunity to run the ball a lot. But when we do run the ball, we need to be effective. We need to be hovering around 4.4, 4 point yards per carry. That is what I think we will see out of Damian Pierce and Marlon Mack, that duo for the backfield. And I also want to note this little tidbit. In 2014, Pep Hamilton's second year, and I think when we look at Houston and breaking him down, his first year as offensive coordinator, he also had his hands on this offense last season, being a part of that quarterback coach room and passer coordinator. So he was always around last season. But in 2014 with the Colts, their running back group produced 702 receiving yards and six touchdowns. Those six touchdowns did come from Amar Bradshaw. However, 702 receiving yards, that's fairly decent for a running back group in 2014. So we need to see Damian Pierce become a better pass catcher. We know Dare is back there. I think he'll be able to add to what Houston could possibly do out of the backfield in the passing game, along with Rex Burkhead, I'm not 100% sure how many running backs they're going to carry on this roster come day one. But overall, like when we see Pep Hamilton and we hear power run, we think they're going to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. And they can hover around over, over 50% of their plays. I don't think that's going to be the case. I think Pep will do a very good job of being balanced mixing it up, but also being modern. And to attack these defenses in a modern day, unless you're a Baltimore-led by, you know, Lamar Jackson type of team or the Tennessee Titans, like well, your best ways to win is running the ball, they're going to put their ball in the air. I don't want to turn this into a Davis Mills conversation, but so much that we are expecting out of Pep Hamilton, so much of Pep Hamilton's success as an offensive coordinator with the Houston Texans is riding on the development of Davis Mills. And you just finished talking about in 2013, the Indianapolis Colts only ran the ball 38% of the time. In 2014, once again, 11 and 5, that was the organization who ran the ball 37% of the time. They also had Andrew Luck, who was by far an MVP caliber player at that time, which means he was able to rely more so on his passing game versus his run game because he had that style of a quarterback. Now, given the way Davis Mills ended the season, given the expectation that we all, including those inside NRG Stadium, especially Pep Hamilton him, himself, the expectation that they have for Davis Mills, I do believe that we're going to see the Houston Texans at least start the season relying less on their rushing attack. However, if Davis Mills start to digress at any point of the season, we're going to see the Houston Texans and Pep Hamilton start to rely a little bit more on that backfield because Davis Mills at that point, hopefully knock on wood, he will not be able to get the job done. But John, once again, don't want to turn this into a Davis Mills topic, but there's no way you can talk about Pep Hamilton without talking about what we are expecting and the expectations that we have for Davis Mills. Well, I mean, we we but we we've talked about Davis Mills and how we believe a faster pace uh, and a more up to date 
modern offense will help him. And I think that's true. Like, I, I think there's a fine balance in traditional offense where we saw maybe in the early 2000s, uh, parts of it in the early 2010s, back to the 90s, and where the game is today. So, yeah, moving the ball, let's 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 get going. Let's move it, let's move it, let's move it. That definitely will help Davis Mills. And, again, the correlation of power run uh, doesn't necessarily equate to being a run-heavy team. I think that with the upgrades in, at the interior position for Houston, the upgrades at running back, the maybe the upgrade at, at offensive line coach, we'll see how that works out with George Warhop. It's not necessarily the amount of plays. I think it's the effectiveness of those run plays because, again, if we're going based off numbers, you know, the rushing percentage was down from the previous year, his first year as an OC at Stanford, and the two years at in Indy before he got fired. So 2013, 2014, the full years, they hovered around 37 to 38%. It doesn't matter how many times we see it, just when you're out there on the field, just make it look good. But that will help Davis Mills, I think. So, like, if you're able to run the ball 4.4 to 4.6 yards per carry every time, then, yeah, that will limit the longer plays, the 38s, the 39s, all those third and longs. Now we can get some third and shorts. Then that brings us back to a faster pace, some three-step drops, some screen plays, which we really rarely see in here in Houston. And, and all of this does affect Davis Mills. But, again, we don't necessarily want to get caught up in Davis Mills. We do want to get caught up in how everything Pepper Hamilton will affect this offense. Thanks for making Locked On Texans your first listen today. Now make your second listen to Locked On NFL Podcast. Our national NFL experts and insiders keep fans dialed in with the biggest stories and the latest news from around the league because an offseason doesn't equal a break in the action. Follow Locked On NFL every day on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. We might as well continue with the theme of the show, talking about Pep Hamilton. And if he does get an opportunity here in Houston, which, I mean, he does have the opportunity. But let's just say he comes in and maybe in the first year to revitalize this offense. Or let's not say revitalize. Give this offense some breath of fresh air to where they are looking somewhat explosive, looking somewhat of – has some potency in it, right? They're able to put points on the board. Is Pep Hamilton a, a one or two year type of guy and he's dodging? He's getting out of town, or <laughs> what is he going to do? I, I'll say this, Cody. His son, Jackson, uh, is a quarterback. Whenever he made that move um, to come to Houston, brought his family with him. Right now, I want to say that his son is in the class of 2025. Got three years. I don't. I don't really foresee him in his high school years up and moving right now. I think that because of how important high school is and getting established, those four years are very important. His son plays that quarterback position here in the Houston area. I don't necessarily think he'll leave anytime soon. Uh, he's one of the top dual threat press prospects in the country. And I, I really think that's mainly the reason why he stayed in Houston in the first place. Um, the I, I get the I, I get the family aspect of things, John, but 
if Pep Hamilton comes here and revamp this offense and, you know, let's say he has the Houston Texans competitive, let's say they make the playoffs, you know, in 2023 or whatever the case might be, he's getting a lot of credit. I do see Pep Hamilton being not not a one-and-done offensive coordinator, but definitely a, a, a two-year-and-done offensive coordinator because prior to him taking this job as the, as the OC for the Houston Texans, this was a guy named who was already starting to gain interest for other vacancies around the league. And a lot of teams just wanted to give him a one, maybe two-year test run to see whether or not he has what it takes to be a head coach in this league. And this is a guy, Pep Hamilton, who has came out on countless occasions and has talked about his aspirations to be a head coach in the NFL. So I could definitely see Pep Hamilton having a short amount of time. Maybe if... Lovey Smith, two years in, he decides to call it quits. Cause what will Lovey Smith be at that time? What sixty-seven? Old. He's always Older. already oh, older. Let's just go more, with that. Has more wisdom. Honestly, John, I honestly don't see Lovey Smith coaching the Houston Texans past two seasons. Maybe if Pip Hamilton get this organization to a point where they are respectable again sooner rather than later. Lovey Smith decides to hang it up. I wouldn't be surprised in the next two years we are sitting here talking about Pep Hamilton as the new head coach of the Houston Texans because, look, he already has the respect and admiration for Nick Casario, and you damn sure know Casario still going to be around, but he already he already has the respect and admiration of Nick Casario and everybody else, all the important people inside Um NRG Stadium. He already has the respect and admiration for a lot of players here on this roster. And then you just finished talking about the family aspect of things. So it's going to be interesting to see how the next two years for Pep Hamilton do work out. But it all depends on what goes on with the Houston Texans in 2022 before we start talking about, you know, is he an offensive guru like we saw in Indianapolis? Can he help? get Davis Mills to the next level and damn sure way before we start talking about whether or not he has an opportunity to be a head coach in the NFL. Absolutely. And I'd also say that this may be his, his biggest challenge mm -hmm. because he is not dealing with or working with rather a generational quarterback. Uh, he, 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 he's, he walked into a situation that is very ugly. So if he can get some prettiness out of it, we can doll it up a little bit. If you can make that makeup work right before it hit midnight and that makeup wear off and it's <laughs> ugly again, if you can make that look somewhat good and appealing to where, again, Houston is putting up points, then teams may come calling and checking in on Pep Hamilton. We'll see. Thank you guys for checking out today's episode of the Locked On Texan podcast. Make sure you are following the Locked On Texans on Twitter at Locked On Texans and also subscribing, liking, and commenting on YouTube. Follow me on Twitter at John underscore Hickman 12. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.